0: Episode 75 of Russell Folk's The Podcast. My name's Thomas Green. You can find me on Twitter at NotThatTomGreen. This week, a very special episode. The Leonard F. Chikarason Shoot Interview. After years of going through the ranks of Chikara, AIW, wrestling is fun, wrestling is respect, wrestling is many other things. He has decided to sit down with me this week to go through his entire career. He pulls no punches is not afraid to throw anyone under the bus this week the leonard f chakarsson shoot interview the story behind this i had uh, flown out a couple weeks ago to wilkes bear pennsylvania to record this with them we shot the video got it back and it turns out that the wmv file was corrupted luckily i was able to convert the whole thing into an audio file got the audio file recovered we got this thing in MP3 form for you this week. Very great message that you get through this of strength, of compassion, and of a man who has just had enough. And he has agreed, if you have any further questions, to email me, wrestlefolks at gmail.com. And he'll answer them the next time he's on the podcast in January. Anything, Anything you need clarification on? Anything you didn't know? Anything you didn't agree with? Just be polite about it. He'll answer it. WrestleFolks at gmail.com. Make sure, by the way, don't pirate this. I know uh, it's going to get a lot of circulation, you know, with different internet wrestling websites. Some of the things he says are very salacious. Please don't illegally pirate this free podcast. Please don't do that. And if you are a first-time listener, welcome. Every week, normally I sit down with a different comedian or funny person that I know, and we riff on YouTube videos of the weird wrestling kind. Uh, normally once a month Leonard's on to have some fun do that but this week it's serious business Leonard has a great story he needs to get out get off his chest and now for you the Leonard F. Chakarison shoot interview Welcome to another edition of the Russell Folk Shoot Interview Series. Today we are proud to be joined by a true legend in our sports, Leonard F. So, Leonard, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, Tom, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, like I, I've been a fan of your shoot interview series all my life. You know, coming up on 20 years. You know, uh, the one where Axel Rotten was on with the Billy Joe Travis pin blitzed out of his gourd. The other one where Ken Patera was going to beat the shit out of you.
0: No, Ken.
1: Some of the best moments in all of wrestling. And you were part of it, man. You were part of history.
0: That, that's why they do call us the uh, king of shoot interviews. That's right. We can't call it the king of shoots. We have that trademarked um, somewhere else. Um, so first question is first, as always. Um, as everyone knows, you are a second generation star. Uh, your, your father... Asa J. Tricarason, the famous promoter from Alaska, uh, his, ID, his most famous claim to fame, of course. He was the one who suggested that Bruno lose the title to Superstar Billy Graham. Um, little known fact, though, your uncle, uh, Chief Thomas Stinsman, the famous Native American wrestler. He, uh, he trained Tatanka, amongst other notable Native American wrestlers. Uh, he actually refused to wrestle uh, Colonel De Beers, is a story that I heard. Um, But what was it like growing up in such a prestigious wrestling family?
1: Oh, man, I get a lot of pressure on me, especially since I'm like possibly the most least athletic person in the history of doing things. Uh, I get blown up doing the plank challenge for 30 seconds, even though that's a thing. And that's and he wants to be referred to as High Chief uh, Thomas Stinson, not because he smokes the wacky tobacco. It's because uh, he's a tall individual, but uh, because he is my uncle, I'm like a quarter Cherokee, so I can't be full Sicilian like other great people who I've modeled my life after. But, uh, you know, it was very early in my life that I, I I knew I wanted to be part of the wrestling business, but I, I I don't even have two left feet. I have like two stumps like I'm like a double carry Von Eric. I could barely walk, you know. It's a shame. So, like, I, I, I had to figure out another way to get into the uh, wrestling business uh, without being a jock sniffer like every, every other non-in-ring uh, performer.
0: All right. So what are your first memories of the professional wrestling sport industry business? Well, I took my first
1: bump when I was uh, seven months uh, in utero in my mom. <laughs> uh, she had attacked the Islanders at a house show at the Catholic Youth Center. And uh, they pulled her over the rail and beat the hell out of her, uh, not knowing that she was seven months pregnant with me and my twin brother. So, uh, you know, that's, that's about as big as a memory as it gets, I think.
0: Now, in high school, uh, did you uh, ever consider joining the, uh, the director of FUD team? I know, uh, I know some people, they, they, they go into the, the amateur field uh, and don't realize that it's not like it is on TV. Right. And let's see, that's the my school actually didn't
1: have a director of fun team. I would always like read like other schools, newsletters and stuff that I would subscribe to other people at shows would be talking about. And I had to like go before like the student council and like put up a big stink. Like, hey, listen, all these other schools have director of fun teams. Why can't ours? And, uh, you know, it, it kind of made me uh, kind of a bit of an outcast because of it. You know, like we had to kick the uh, the real nerds, those A.V. club nerds out of their room. So us, uh, us tough guy, director of fun types could uh, take it over. Right.
0: So what was training to be a director of fun like? Where did you train?
1: Well, you know, as you'd mentioned, you know, my father, uh, Asa James Chikarason, uh, in the Alaska territories, you know, these guys that talk about taking bumps on concrete and, you know, on their first day of wrestling school, I was being thrown off of crevasses onto igloos some 20, 30, 40, 50 feet down. And uh, those, those bumps, as they call them, Tom, I'm sorry, I don't know if your listeners are uh, hip to the vernacular of the wrestling uh, industry. I don't know if they've actually done anything in the business or they just look things up on Wikipedia. Uh, But, you know, those, those falls that I would take into those igloos, you know, that was my training. And those are the second most famous uh, bumps in all of the world of professional wrestling. It was the, uh, the Mick Foley fall off the cage. And then uh, my dad throwing me off a cliff when I was three years old into an igloo.
0: What companies did you direct fun at before Chikara? Uh,
1: It was a lot of backyard feds, really. Um, You know, just because you have a roof. Uh, If you're not running with a license, especially in Alaska. You think Pennsylvania and Maryland and Virginia and those states have uh, some screwed up, some fucked up uh, uh, state athletic commissions. Alaska, forget about it. Oh, my goodness. Like, everyone has to, like, give blood beforehand. Like, they run a blood test on you before they'll even let you set up the ring, let alone get inside of it. So it's really tough. It was really directing a lot of fun with my G.I. Joe figures. Uh, Essentially, that was my my original directing of fun. And, like, still to this day as a 37-year-old man, you know, I've been running a 20-plus year-long program between Sergeant Slaughter and Serpentor. That's as hot as it was the day I started it, brother.
0: Um, memories of winning the WWE Tag Team titles from RVD and Kane at Bad Blood on, uh, it says here, uh, June 15th, 2003.
1: That was one of those, uh, like, they did a deal where it was like, oh, who the mystery partner's gonna be, and I said, get the hell out of here, I don't need any mystery partner, I could beat these two scrubs by myself. And it was one of those things where, like, there's another one of these things, you kids go look it up on Wikipedia, so you know what I'm talking about. I went into business for myself. As uh, I went into the lockup with Kane in my left hand, I had a knife up to his throat. And I said, you son of a bitch, you're doing the job in this match, and I'm taking these belts. And apparently that's not legal in the WWE's uh, bullshit rules system. Whatever. I still went home with the titles.
0: Did you realize at the time that you were the youngest WWE champion of all time?
1: No, uh, actually I did not, because one, I'm an idiot. Uh, Two, I had a concussion because I have no left feet because I just have stumps like Gary Von Erich. And uh, three, I don't age. I've looked exactly the same for the last eight years.
0: Well, we'll talk about concussions later. I have that down, so Mm. we'll talk about concussions uh, later later on. In 2004, there was a lawsuit filed for the name Chikara between your family and the company that is Chikara that supposedly led to you being hired. Can you legally say anything about this?
1: Uh, I think we've talked about this before in private, and uh, fuck you for bringing this up. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I just, I... Listen, I don't know what the hell you're trying to pull here. Listen, I know you paid for my meal at Applebee's. I got the bottomless shrimp basket, which they don't even serve there. They had to go get it from a neighboring restaurant. The uh, the 15 year moratorium on that isn't up, so we'll come back and do this in another five years, and I'll spill
0: the spill the beans, brother. Sorry, I, Alex wrote the questions. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know what she wrote. Um, Blaming your poor wife. Um,
1: she gets by by stealing the change out of your car, and this is how you repay her.
0: Well, this we we do. Did I ever tell you how much we paid for the outsiders to come in here? How much did you pay for The Outsiders? $15,000. Wow. We made all of that back. So um, definitely we are the king of shoot interviews, not king of shoots. Again, that is copyrighted and trademarked by somebody else. The king of shoot interviews. Um, Who were the locker room leaders in Shakara that broke you in?
1: Well, it was uh, DJ Skittles, really. He was kind of like the uh, general. Like he was kind of like an Ole Anderson type. Uh, you know, kind of running things, the daily machinations. Uh, and then it was at the, uh, 2005 Tag World Grand Prix where, uh, you know, I brought my boys in, you know, you come into a territory, you bring your guys in, you know, you hear about it all the time in like Memphis and the Carolinas and everyone brings their talent in and, uh, you should have seen, uh, Evan more like, like just stretching the shit out of DJ, uh, DJ Hyde, listen to me, DJ Skittles backstage, DJ Hyde. He was, he was too busy, uh, you know, making all the money that he makes to be uh, bothered with being a locker room leader or general or whatever. But they tossed DJ Skittles out the back door, never been seen since. But uh, he was my way to get into Chikara. But I think I might have said too much with that lawsuit that's going on.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll edit that out later. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks. Um, what Was it frustrating having to do promos uh, from writers um, on the creative team as opposed to before, um, as you had mentioned, in the backyard feds with the G.I. Joes? Um, doing them off the cuff uh, before, from before you were in Shikara. Listen, the team of... Listen, I,
1: I, I was hoping you were going to bring this up. The Hollywood writers that do all these storylines in Shakara, listen, just because you wrote Homeboys in Outer Space for UPN or you, know, you were a writer's assistant on Reaper recently, you don't know shit about wrestling, you come in with entertainment. Listen, It's all about selling foam fingers and getting people to watch the TV show. That's it. Doesn't matter if they buy the pay-per-views, come to the house shows. I don't think there's a difference between live attendance at a house show and a TV taping or a pay-per-view. I think those are all three different things. But it's really all about the foam fingers. That's what you should be doing. And let me do what I do.
0: Um, it's, we, we, I know they're
1: watching this. I know they're gonna watch this.
0: Uh, we we uh, last week at the convention we were at, uh, we had former Chikara rider uh, Marshall Kevins on the uh, here, and he he had something to say about you. He said that you were very hard to work with.
1: I was hard to work with it, with him because he was so turned on every time I came into the room. He's a, that that guy's a little uh you know how do you do? What do they say? He was uh at the Pat uh, the Pat Patterson School of Trying to have sex with wrestlers or something? Is
0: that what he does? I'd... That's what his problem is. Memories of that really short ring that Chikara used to use? That was
1: for the uh, future plans that we had had for doing the uh, crossover event with the midget brawlers, that that Hogan thing that he was doing. That was the long game, brother. We were going to eventually phase out all the Chikara guys for all midgets in the hopes that no one would... Uh, Uh, notice, but the problem with that is we didn't contact any of them and that promotion wasn't going to exist for another seven, eight years.
0: So have you ever talked to any of those midgets?
1: No, because they always give me shit because they think I'm talking down to them. I'm six foot one, I'm talking down to everybody. Give me a goddamn break.
0: Memories of the first Tornado Cyber Slam.
1: Well, that was the one where it was uh, Team Chikar versus Team Billy Firehawk. Uh, I remember the, uh, what was the, uh, it was like the Asian <coughs> nightmares were on there. Abyss, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Lex Luger. And they took on the, uh, private eye, Mr. Zero, Dragonfly. And I think, uh, retail dragon and dragon dragon. It was only five on five that one. Uh, but listen, a lot of those names you may not recognize, but who's still running show? Who won that feud? Who's alive and who's
0: dead? Huh? Um, I recognize all of those names. I don't know if the the viewers may or may not. Uh, Listen, they look up
1: all this stuff on the internet anyway. They don't know nothing about the wrestling business. What do they hear? There's stuff from Dave Meltzer or other credible people, and they think they know what they're talking about all of a sudden? Listen, go to your uh, wrestlingnewssource.com, read up about the Ring of Honor stuff, and then get back to me, huh?
0: Um... Actually, that's that's where we got this. Um, who did who did you ride with when you first started in Shakara? No one. I rode by myself, brother.
1: I rode a motorcycle. Listen, the bafflers were off. It made noise. You heard me coming twenty miles away. I ride alone, baby. Like uh, like Don Henley says, uh,
0: Smuggler's Blues. Um, I, I I can't find which which guy in Shakara was Don Henley. He was uh. He was the guy with the lizard face.
1: He was the lizard face guy.
0: Oh, okay. Um, uh, Tim Donst. Okay. Right. Yes. Well, <laughs> right. Now it's time for the grocery cart. Obviously, we're at the grocery store. You can see behind us uh, all, these, all these items. Isn't that lady back there, she's so fat and gross. Women are disgusting. Uh, but what we're going to do, we have this grocery cart here, and I'm going to show you an item. And, uh, of course, I showed you the item. Uh, Maybe you give me the first name that comes to mind. Uh, Maybe give me a quick story about that person in the wrestling business. Uh, First item here, as everyone can see, Cabbage.
1: Oh, Cabbage. (laughs) This uh, this reminds me of Teddy Long. Remember back in the day, you used to chant Cabbage Head at him because he wore a cabbage on his head? Oh, Teddy Long. He's another guy. He was my connection. He was the guy who hooked me up with... uh, with uppers and downers and blueies and whatnots. Huge in the drug trade, Teddy Long. Let's you know, see, Is there any... Did he slip anything? Oh,
0: oh he is, slipped some stuff in here. Uh, how was his penis?
1: Oh, delightful. I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen a penis in my life.
0: All right, this next thing here. It's a TV dinner. It's frozen, as you can tell. Uh, TV dinner, showing everybody. And this is, this is one of
1: those low-rent TV dinners, too. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, listen, you're talking about TV? Then I write the TV? You bring this up all the time? That's all I was hired to do. Probably everybody watching my shows was eating one of these. Probably didn't have enough money to buy a microwave or an oven to, to cook it in. That's why they weren't buying, you know, the, the replica belts and the microphones that would talk. Wasting their money on these TV dinners. This, this
0: reminds me of the fans being stupid and poor. Uh, any good sex stories about TV dinners? I saw
1: a movie the other day where uh, where a man had sex with a raw <laughs> chicken. And it was a movie starring Miley Cyrus. This is a real thing that I saw. And it had nothing to do with wrestling. But <laughs> oh, it man. It. That's, that's it hot. Raw that's... chicken
0: and Miley Cyrus. Hot stuff. I'm going to loosen my, loosen my collar here. Uh, next thing, uh, this... Ball of mozzarella cheese. It's got a. It's a ball. Oh, it's wacky. See, I have friends outside of the
1: wrestling business. I'm not consumed with it like you, Tom. All these people out here watching it. Artie Lang. He would sing a song about mozzarella. It would be mozzarella, mozzarella, mozzarella balls. And he would sing it like that, you know. And then we would do a bunch of Vicodin together. It was great. Uh, did you Did you fuck any groupies? You know. You know how guys
0: are. Fuck Listen, my
1: castoffs back in the days when i was in texas back when i was in uh you know louisiana and whatnot what i would cast off
0: you'd be able to tell stories about for years this next item here uh what's something you can only find at a grocery store $15 notebook. it's 80 pages inside $15 we paid for this because these grocery stores they charge so much it, is this a tax write-off for you are you running a, a
1: ponzi scheme here Hey, $15 for a notebook. I ain't paying for this shit.
0: Well, let's... We, we pay... We're just... We, yeah, do you have any good stories about anyone's cocks? Listen, I,
1: I, 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 I don't know how you do these shows. I talked about the wrestlers that are nudists, or I will talk about them. I don't know how the hell these things work. I don't know how time works. I don't know how geography works. I've seen I've seen more people's... uh penises. I don't speak as filthy as you in saying Cox. I've seen more penises
0: in my day than I know what to do with. Uh, that's that's an interesting story. Alex put that one in the YouTube t- trailer. Next up, uh, we got the National Enquirer. It says Obama's gay. Anyone, any wrestlers come in mind when I show you this National Enquirer? Well, you know, listen... You want to bring up Obama, you want to
1: talk about politics, I could go on for hours and hours and bore you to tears with me talking about politics. You'll agree with me, and somehow I will turn you against me with how how horrible I talk about politics. And that's what the National Enquirer reminds me of. I don't even read those dirt rags. I read, like, the local penny saver. Uh, I have a guy who prints out <sighs> Craigslist every day for me, and I read that. So how were Sonny's tits? I got a Skype conversation with her the other day. I got the old school worker discount. I put on one of those Bret Hart Halloween masks. She only charged
0: me fifty bucks to look at her naked. So Sunny's tits, National Enquirer, great story, guys. Um finally, we threw this one in there to swerve ya. That's what's uh that's the needle, you know, with a, the stick it in you. That's uh, steroids. You threw steroids in a grocery
1: cart? What sort of grocery store am I shopping at? It? Uh, or- it was in Orlando. You're you're out of your mind with this stuff. I've never put a drug in my body. I would never put anything long
0: and hard in my body. Tom, you're out of your damn mind. But we got a camera here. Do you want to out anyone who's ever done steroids? I told you. I injected Hydra. Uh, I shot up Davy Boy Smith with milk. Um, I, I, uh, I
1: do it into my tear ducts just because. I think it does stuff to my brain, but, uh,
0: nah, nobody I know does steroids. All right, that right there is the grocery cart. This man, he never tells a lie. Um, In the summer of 2005, um, the Internet reported that Equinox and Shane Storm were arrested for throwing a rock through a window at Chick-fil-A. What do you know about this? See, this is more your bullshit anyway. You talk about, oh, I looked
1: it up on the internet. Or the internet says, first of all, the internet doesn't talk. You have to read the stuff that's on there. It's not speaking to you unless you're watching a video. And I don't think in 2005 videos were a thing on the internet yet. Like, this is like maybe the first or second video that's ever going to be released on the internet. Second of all, Equinox and Chain Storm, it it was a Kentucky Fried Chicken Taco Bell combo. Like, you guys are so wrong. What what are you guys even talking about? And it was because they weren't closed. They weren't open during the hours that I wanted a sandwich. I mean, mean, they wanted a sandwich. A bunch of internet lies is what this is. I'm glad I'm here to set the record straight, Tom. I'm I'm glad you finally had me on. It took a while. Um, Tom, wait a minute. I'm going to turn the tables on you, Tom. Just give me a second. When was the last time you performed on an indie show?
0: Um, uh, we saw the tape here at uh, WFVideo.com. dot com. Um, back when uh, when Overweight Frank ran at the at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Convention Board Center place, Fairgrounds. I uh, remember was that, Tom. What year uh, was two, that? 2004. I don't have it down on my paper. Uh, two thousand four. Um, so the I... indies have been dead since then, and it's <coughs> your fault, right? I could just say that.
1: The last <laughs> time you worked on in an independent show was 2004. Therefore, you killed the indies.
0: Well, it was just, it, it was me. It was me and my friend Nick. We were just having a good time. They wanted to send us out after intermission. I was managing. Uh, I was managing one of the tag teams at the time. Um, unfortunately, one of them recently uh, passed. God, God rest his soul. Um, AIDS are a big issue with the wrestling business, though. Um, But you can find that tape at WFVideo.com. The logic that you're bringing to this here is it just doesn't
1: make sense. Listen, if I'm hired to paint a house, Tom, and then you come in and drive a truck into the house, I still did my job. I painted the house. It's not my fault you drove a truck into it, even though it was my truck and I told you to do it. Uh, you're not making any sense, and you're being condescending to me, making that face. Do you see the face he's making? Here's what I have to put uh, up with. I'd, We're going
0: back to Applebee's after this is over. Well, we didn't discuss that beforehand. Um, we, I'm getting a shaking head no from from Alex. Um, well, we'll 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 talk about this off off mic off the camera. But yes, uh, memories of the following people. First off, Carolina Jim. All right, keep going. J.C. Ryder. Uh-huh, uh-huh, keep going. Brian Alvarez. Uh Uh-huh. I I don't know if they got hit this. Dragon, Dragon? Yeah, yeah. And Matt Dillon. Tom, I'm going to tell you what those people all have in common.
1: They're dead. I killed them. They're out of the business. They don't know what the wrestling business is because I killed them all. I'm admitting to murder on your show. Put, that, put this in the YouTube uh, preview clip that I'm a
0: murderer. As long as I don't
1: kill dogs, apparently that's okay.
0: You know, we had that Matt Dillon for a shoot, and then he told us not to release it because he'd sue us, so, so thank you. He's a ghost. He's dead. Okay. At this time, we need to we're gonna change tapes. So, okay. just a second. We're gonna change tapes. Why is that blinking? What's going on here? All right, we're back. Um, for, there was a news story around this time that you were involved in a planned mass exodus of Chikara talent to Valley Championship Wrestling. Uh, the sharecropper ended up released from his chakara, uh, from all of his chakara duties uh, when Hallowicked found his voicemails to Dominic Sposto. Um, what are your memories of this whole incident? See, again, this is more your stuff on the internet. You're
1: not doing your research. You're just making things up. Next thing you're gonna say that there's no proof that I killed the people that I talked about <coughs> killing. It was Valley wrestling alliance first of all second of all every time that it comes up for like the pitch meeting like oh what are we going to do this year what are we going to do that year i always want to do an invasion angle oh these guys aren't supposed to be here we're going to go and do this none of this is real but the stuff i do this is the real stuff by shining a light on the things that i'm doing are real extra points out the fake stuff that everybody else is doing I was ahead of the curve on this thing, Tom.
0: Memories of the match at the ECW arena with Daisy Hayes were, uh, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, uh, you had to get juice to get your job back. See, you, again, with your dirt sheet stuff, your nonsense,
1: juice. First of all, they don't even sell juice at the ECW arena. They sell Mountain Dew. And water, that's it. I didn't get any of it. And I was never in danger of losing my job. Daisy Hayes the wonderful person. I miss her very much. Listen, you, get, you drink the Mountain Dew, you drink the water, you're hydrated for your match.
0: Around this time you began doing commentary uh, after this, uh, was this always the plan from Creative?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I don't think their idea was to put a live mic in front of my face. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is one of those things uh, you kind of get grandfathered into, and you hope no one figures out what you're doing. Uh, I know they're a competitor of yours. But, uh, don't
0: uh, You can say competing company. Okay, don't.
1: all right. You'll 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 clean that up. I'll say that. Yeah, oh, we'll I will take that. We'll do again. it, and we'll
0: edit it. Yes.
1: All right. I'm going to take a sip of Sprite Zero here for a second. Oh, excuse me. This is all going to be edited out, right?
0: Yeah, we'll do it okay. all in... All in post when we're doing the YouTube preview.
1: So I think, uh, I, you know, the the Chikara shows are filmed by a competitor of yours, and I don't even think their shows have commentary on them. I think they just put a microphone in front of my face to 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 appease me. Little do I, little do they know that I'm recording it myself, hijacking every single DVD they make and putting my thoughts on them. Right, I yeah. have that much time, free time on my hands.
0: Now, in 2007, uh, you were in 2007's King of Trios tournament for Chikara. Um, h- how hard was it to do commentary with Larry Sweeney and Ultramantis Black against 15 other trios of commentators?
1: Piece of cake. No problem. No sweat. You know, uh, Larry Sweeney, God rest his soul, good man. Ultramantis Black, your days are numbered, uh, both personally and professionally. But at the time,. Both two very good friends of mine, and it was it was a delight. Two of my favorite people in all the business.
0: Was it an honor to do commentary against Gorilla Monsoon, Jim Neidhart, and Brother Love in the second round on night night two of 2007 King of Trios? And see, this is actually a really interesting
1: story. I don't think anyone's ever talked about this. It was originally supposed to be Brother Love, the Wizard, and Rio Rogers was the original trio that was announced. Somehow the flights gotten mixed up. Gorilla was still in town. He was trying to figure out how to get Bruno Sammartino to the ECW arena. Jim Neidhart was dressed as a taxi cab. So he was around just giving people like seaback rides around the arena. We corralled them all in. I think, I think all three of them were pilled to the gills, as we say in day business. And uh, no problems at all. No problems on that one. But I would have liked to have gotten a chance to work with that Rio Rogers. I loved uh, I loved his stuff back in the day.
0: Uh, Rio, I loved Reno Riggins. Um, no, uh, not
1: Reno Riggins. Your, your imaginary guy that you pretended you're a your creator wrestler that wasn't even a real person that you thought you were.
0: You don't remember Rio's Roundup? Oh, 1991? He, Come on. Oh, yes. I uh I think we—he's at a convention next Don't week. Don't you We're do your a, research before these things? Who does your research? I, I told you it's Alex, the office guy, girl, um, wife. Listen, um, I've had it.
1: Listen, I've had it up to here with office guys and gals selling their T-shirts and foam fingers. Enough of them. They have pull over me. Going to HR, they could stick it where the you know what doesn't shine.
0: Memories of the night that Tricara's ring broke down and to stall for time, Shane Matthews danced atop the CW Arena. Ah.
1: Oh. Now, see, this is one of those fun stories. You you hear rumblings about it, and this is one of those inside stories. But listen, you took me to Applebee's, you're getting the full story. Shane Matthews is a nudist. They literally have to trick him to wear clothes to the ring. And for months and months and months, he begged Mike, Mike, let me dance, let me dance naked, let me show these fans what I can really do. I'm begging you, I'm begging you. And Mike said to me, he's like, Shane Matthews, I'd never let you dance naked in front of these people, not even if the ring broke. And I literally saw a light bulb go up above his head, and it wasn't because of the shitty wiring at the arena. A light bulb appeared over Shane Matthews' head. Now, I'm not saying there was subterfuge or sabotage, but wouldn't you know it, 20 minutes later, the ring brokes, and uh, Shane Matthews has got his whole <clears throat> business, his, uh, his, uh, his twig and berries hanging out for the world to see. And that's one of those things that uh, a competing company wouldn't release on a DVD. I know you at uh, WF Video, Anytime there's a dick and balls involved in the world of wrestling, you got it plastered all over every video and DVD and MP4 download you sell.
0: Uh, we actually just released it on Blu-ray here. Um, we'll put the DVD case in front of the camera. Family Friendly War- Warfare Fall- Volume 2. Um, it includes the... Uh, The only meeting in the history of professional wrestling uh, between Jakob Hammermeyer and Sabu. It's $38 at wfvideo.com. Write us with a letter. Um, Now now that the shill's out of the way. um, Was the locker room insulted when you decided to fly in Lucha Libre star uh, Ray Del Valdor's? For those shows in 2008. Man, you pronounce that name better than I do.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, it's not so much that I flew him in, but it's the fact that every year we have a tournament (laughs) to put him into slavery to the winner of the tournament. When you win that tournament, you get Ray as your slave for the year. So they're not that upset. Listen, competing in real wrestling matches to have an actual slave is a pretty good deal.
0: How did you wind up as the NWO referee?
1: Easy. I fit the costume. It was one of those things where they sent over. It was, you know, they sent over the costume, the ski mask, the whole thing. And I was maybe about the third or fourth thing. It was like a scene out of that Cinderella movie that's coming out. I've never even heard of this before, but I see it. The the broads are putting their foot into a slipper or something. It was me. I put my foot into the mask. It fit. And I was the NWO referee, man. My legacy still goes on. I still wear the deal. I go to indie shows locally around here, and I tell them that I'm still recruiting <coughs> for the NWO. Now, these kids say, oh, Bullet Club, and I'm like, no, that's not real. The NWO is for life. The Bullet Club is some Japanese nonsense that nobody
0: knows. Um, Bullet Club, I'll, I'll have to tell New Jack about that. <laughs> mm, oh, boy. Uh, He's um, more of the sickle club. After we shut off the camera, remind me to tell you about Pro Wrestling Syndication. I think they would love to use you sometime. Oh, cool. Um, what happened in the Sting Hogan Starcade match, which Brett debuted? Was there a mistake? There absolutely was a mistake. Brett
1: screwed Brett. That was his mistake. He paid the money that Vince McMahon gave him to elongate his own penis so he could put his pee pee in his poo hole. And he literally screwed himself. That was the mistake in that one.
0: In the summer of 2009, you were brought into Florida Championship Wrestling for a director of fun tryout camp. Did you take it as an insult to have to try out? Listen, not at all.
1: I understand sometimes you got to appease these big wigs. You got you to gotta, you gotta make them feel like they're in charge. Oh, yes, sir. No, sir. Sure thing, sir. Yes, I'm too old. Yes, I'm too fat. Yes, I'm not T V ready. Sure. These are all things that I've heard my entire life. But uh, you know, it was a learning experience. I learned how delicious food is in Florida. I learned how to grow facial hair there. Really <clears throat> nad nasty face facial hair. And so, you know, it was uh, you know, it was what it is what it is. If this is what they want me to do, I'll do it. I'm easygoing, Tom. I've been easygoing
0: this whole interview. Um, this wasn't a, this wasn't a question on the paper, but I got I have to ask. Um, from three to one, please rank the ugliest divas without their wigs. Without their wigs. Without their wigs. Oh boy, this is I'm tough. calling you out. Like all time, you're talking. Uh, with the ones that you met during the tryout down there. All right.
1: Well, it wasn't so much as a tryout, but it was a it was a graveyard, right? Uh, three to one. Uh, I would have to say uh, Sherry,
0: uh, Sensational Sherry, uh, Luna Vashon, and Miss Elizabeth. Kapali, um, did you think Hydra would go on to become the star that he did?
1: Absolutely. I was the one. The video exists out there of uh, you know me kind of giving him a little hard time, but that was us just playing with you dumb internet marks out there watching. Uh, I was the one who actually injected him with his first uh, steroids, and that's the, uh, the thing that got him up. Got him the look, as they say, both the look that they're looking for up there. And when they look at you, when you have that look that they're looking for up there. Why do they still call it New York when it's down in Florida, Tom? I'm confused. I don't know no- nothing about geography. I think Canada is, isn't is as big as it is. But uh, yeah.
0: Well, speaking of Canada, who are all those Chikara guys under their masks? Hey, listen, another secret. They're all the same guy.
1: They're all me. I told you I have a twin brother. I don't have just a twin brother. I got, like, sick brothers, and we're all doing all the guys under the masks.
0: Also, from earlier when he was talking about Mike, were you talking about Mike Quackenbush? Yes, I was. Okay. Because there are a lot of Mikes in wrestling, uh, such as Steve There's, Austin. Is that what he says, Steve Austin? Listen, what's he ever done in this business, huh? Um... In 2009, you began commentating for Dragon Gates USA. Thoughts on calling their first pay-per-view event in Tokyo, Japan. Well, listen, Tokyo,
1: Japan, and this is another geography thing. You hear all these people, you got to get on a plane, all these time zones. It's like an hour away in like a creepy dude's house. And, uh, you know, it was great. I liked it. You know, they, they treated me very well. And, you know, I didn't have to pay for a flight or nothing, uh... You know, it was, a, it, was a, it was an enjoyable experience, you know, anytime, uh, you know, people uh, want to use me to do their things, it's always a good thing.
0: Was it intimidating having to learn all of those big words? Nah, man, I have a
1: folder, like a binder for each guy on the Dragon Gate roster so that I know all of their moves. Like when they lean you with their left hand, it's a this, they lean you with their right hand, it's a this. When they do two flips, it's a this. It's a three flips, it's a this. I haven't used that part of my brain in quite some time, and I would just read it anyway. You know, all of the wrestling commentary is scripted. I know because I'm a prognosticator. I know what they're going to do ahead of time, so I just write all the stuff down, and I just read it from my script.
0: Uh, Prognosticator, that's another wrestling word, right?
1: Listen, enough. Just because you pay some guy... Out in uh, Sacramento or San Francisco, out in the West Coast, nine dollars a month, so you can go yell at some guy in Ireland on a message board. You think you're you think you're better than me? You're not, Tom.
0: Thoughts on doing commentary with Mr. Fuji in Dragon Gates USA?
1: A pleasure, Mr. Fuji. One of the true professionals in the world. He and I are still friends to this day. Just this past weekend, or uh. The last time I was out of my house, I have one of these ankle bracelets on. I gotta get. We're not talking about you know. It's all wrestling stuff. We're not talking about the ankle bracelet, but uh, we must have pulled six engines out of six different cars and swapped the engines. He does it like clockwork.
0: What was the story behind your release from Dragon Gates USA? Now see, this is this is a uh, uh, serendipity. And it's not just a shitty movie
1: starring uh, John Cusack and uh, what's his ha- what's his face the, the the bald guy with the bad plugs not joe rogan the other one uh, jeremy piven i was going uh, to say
0: steve austin
1: no no he's yeah, i see what you're doing there with the plug steve austin's <laughs> got a balding head you don't even know what you're talking well, about
0: i was talking about his podcast
1: all right uh, you guys steve austin has a podcast
0: um I'll have to check it that is, out. it is located at Nerdist.com.
1: Oh, they do good work at Nerdist. Very kind and very loving to their fans. I don't know if you've ever... Uh... Anyway.
0: Well, that's where, uh, that's where Hydra's working now, since he walked out.
1: Oh, yeah! Oh really? Wow.
0: That's what oh, I read has... on the internet.
1: He's that weird, ugly, skinny guy with the tattoos that no one likes, and he's going to ruin my comic books on me?
0: Yes, he recently uh, jumped on to write uh, issue number eight. Uh, eight, the, right, Alex? Number eight of NFL Super Pro. Right. Yeah, that's it. That'll
1: be one for the kindling, as they say. Uh, but no, what happened with Dragon Gate USA, like I said, it was serendipity. I mentioned before how I got my break into the business. Uh, I had to leave Dragon Gate USA because I was pregnant. And they didn't want uh, to ruin the image of uh, you know hot young dudes who aren't pregnant on their shows.
0: Now, um, at that time, uh, uh, Brian Alvarez from earlier... Um, wrote in his newsletter... Who is that dead. ...that uh, he wrote, uh, supposedly, the Dragon Gate's office was not happy with a Facebook post you made mm-hmm. about Brody Lee. Um, and you did take it down soon after you put it up, um, and it uh, according to a screen cap that was out, you said some homosexual slurs about him. Do you regret that? What you call homosexual slurs... I call pet
1: names between two men in a committed relationship. If you have a problem with it, if the office has a problem with it, they don't have a problem with it. You're the one who sounds like you got a problem with
0: it. I'm I'm a super straight, actually.
1: At least acting.
0: Uh, do you think it's short-sighted how Chikara holds a lion-fighting tournament every year?
1: Absolutely not. Listen, Chikara, I've always said has been ahead of the curve on things <laughs> like this. Like, we've had dogs, we've had cats, we've had women, we've had ants. Just a couple weeks ago, I saw Mark Henry was posting pictures of himself fighting a lion in 2014. Shakara's been doing it for the last 10, 12 years. We're ahead of the curve. People are all just jealous.
0: Um, Around this time, Shakara began doing internet pay-per-view sometime. What are the differences between calling an internet pay-per-view and having to burn all of those DVDs yourself?
1: Well, I mentioned before how I get my commentary on the DVDs, so it was much harder for me to do it as the live stream was going out for the internet pay-per-views. I don't know when you're going to release these things. Usually, uh, based on your past history, it's anywhere from a week to about nine months in between uh, from the time these come out. But uh, Chikara has an internet pay-per-view coming up on uh, December 6th. I'm going to be doing the live commentary there. And <laughs> actually, there's no power at the arena. I have to pedal one of those bikes like they do in movies that, for real, where you just have to pedal a bike. So I'm pedaling, so you're going to hear me huffing and puffing while I'm doing the commentary to keep the generator at the arena running. That's how that's how we get it so cheap.
0: Uh, do you think they'd allow me to pedal at the show?
1: Pedal your wares? Are you allowed within 200 feet of that building anymore? Well,
0: I know. my my I... Well... Yeah, those things aren't true. You know, those things on the Internet. I wrote I, I wrote a blog post a while back about all that. And
1: oh, listen. Not sure they exaggerated uh, it. Oh, when things don't go your way, they're uh, they're not true on the Internet. But everything you come at me with is true on the Internet because you read it on the Internet or you heard it on the Internet. Like the Internet's talking to you. I think you got some bats in your belfry. I,
0: I don't play baseball, sir. Um, How are you approached about going into the Chikara Hall of Fame? Shakara doesn't have a Hall of Fame. And on
1: my watch, it never will. Oh,
0: um, that's what it said on the, um, you were hired by wrestling is fun. You began working as Val Venus around this time. Did you do any research for the gimmick talking to male porn stars?
1: Well, I have already had a very long and deep committed re- relationship with many, uh, porn stars. Actually, that's part of the way that I got involved in the wrestling uh, you know, you're Ron Jeremy's, uh, your are Nick Manning's, uh, you're Peter North's, people like that. These are close and personal friends of mine. But then uh, I became friendly with uh, a, a porn actor by the name of Shawn Michaels. And uh, I was actually a character witness in his lawsuit against the professional wrestler Shawn Michaels. And I think it was my uh, my deposition given during that trial that wrestling is fun. Saw, hey, this guy's a knowledge of pornography. It's a knowledge of wrestling.
0: Let's get him on the payroll. Peter North recently did a shoot interview with us at uh, WFVideo.com, uh, conducted by former WWE commentator Todd Grisham. Uh, WFVideoNow.com. Um, who came up with the catchphrase, Hello, Ladies? See, you're not even saying it
1: wrong. It sounds stupid when you say it that
0: way. It was,
1: Hello,
0: Ladies?
1: Well, and it was I, just well We'll have those...
0: to bleep that. They own oh. the copyright to oh, that okay. tone.
1: So, uh, well, you, you do what you need to do. Um, but uh, it was just one of those things where like I would say it all the time, uh, because I'm a creep, and they're like, Hey, that's your catchphrase,
0: you'll be a creep. All right, guys, it's time for the dick bag. We were going to do the slut shaming chamber, but we didn't have room in the hotel room for it. Here's how the dick bag works see, this took a picture of Leonard's dick. We threw it on this bag. It's soft. It's got some feathers in it, as you can see. Um, I'm going to bring up a name of someone you have encountered in the wrestling business. You just got to tell us whether or not you think they'd stick their dick in this bag. Uh, first name comes up. Sidney Bacabella. Would Sidney Bacabella stick his dick in this bag? He would. St- he's currently sticking his dick in Stan Hansen's
1: old lady. Yeah, I'm outing him here. I hope he listens to this. I hope he sees this. I hope one of his his big meathead goons tell him. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He would put
0: it in anything. All right, next, Uh, smooth sailing Ashley Remington. I'm assuming that's a lady wrestler. Right, exactly. See, your people don't do their research. It's a lady.
1: Ashley ain't sticking nothing in nothing. Oh, wait, maybe with a strap on, maybe. And then gets one of those, like, uh, twilight fleshlights. Now, Now you got something, Tom.
0: Now, now, do we have have any stories about any lady wrestlers who have used Twilight flashlights on you in the past? Not on me. Like, I pretend,
1: you know, uh, I pretend that uh, Miss Atlanta Lively is in the room. Uh, I do a real insulting impersonation of the Barbarian because he's stupid and some sort of not-white nationality that I make fun of because somehow I'm liberal and Southern uh, racist at the same time, you know? me and miss atlanta lively there's a
0: story for you put that on uh, put that in your pipe and tell the news all right next second generation wrestler diamond Dallas ethan page would ethan page stick his dick in this bag nah he's a married man he wears one of them chastity belts
1: i don't even think he's allowed to, to touch his penis let alone look at it he ain't putting
0: his dick in nothing unless it's an ipad <laughs> whoa, whoa wait chastity she she was in wcw so we're just gonna assume they fucked, right? Right. So uh, the the live bait DVD we're gonna pull up, we put Put a picture the ground back in the day. Putting up a picture right there. There's the live bait cover. Ha ha ha, everybody. Oh man. Glacier, would Glacier stick his dick in this bag? That cold fish? Hell no.
1: See what I did there with the pun? <laughs> uh-huh. I said cold and he's a
0: made man made of ice. Oh, you're you're nudging me a little hard um ice cream jr would ice cream jr stick his frosty cock in this back. he
1: would stick his cone in anything he is uh you, you hear the story i think you might have told it on your show when perry saturn would get the dildo and put it on his head and run into broads ice cream jr with the cone on the top of his head you bend over
0: to pick up your keys in the locker room he's giving you a roger and like you wouldn't believe Okay, now I gotta I gotta ask, because it's it's come up on here a few times. All right. Um, is the story true about the Osirian yes, portal? The absurd portal that night with the remote.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Somehow they were changing channels
1: too, turning up the volume, recording things from their TiVo using the sling box. Two talented young men they are. So there you have it, folks. That's confirmed.
0: So I was the one holding the camera while it was going on. Stops then the, the questions for that. Uh, next, Gary from Smartwork Video. Fucking Deviant. Oh, uh, Gary. My uh, my buffet
1: traveling Parker, partner. And I ain't talking about food. He and I go to Floating World. Uh, we go to King Camp every year. Me and Gary, he's my wingman. And by wing is we have sex with birds. And I don't mean it in the British way where they call girls birds for some reason. Like eagles any bird that's on the endangered species list the other thing that they have in common is that they
0: were partners of myself and gary next up uh the former chikara grand champion eddie kingston uh what do you know about his dick what he's sticking
1: in here listen i have a picture on my phone of eddie kingston wearing a chicken mask with his dick hanging out flipping someone off watching the flash tv show so yeah I think uh, your, your ham wallet here is no, uh,
0: no 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 thing for the king. All right, next up, a guy you can find on WFVideo.com or ShootInterviews.net slash ShootInterviews where we can stream it live, where we had him on for guest road agent putting together, kind of, sort of, the Chamber of Horrors, Kevin Nash. Would he stick with his dick in this bag? He wasn't even in that match. He was on the poster for it, right? but that's why that's why we were he wasn't in the match so oh, we're having him sit you. in and tell us how he would do it listen me and kevin nash
1: we've never traveled before he tells me a lot of stories i think they're just stories between me and you i think kevin nash might be a virgin
0: that's hot news folks uh kevin nash he's a murky Morton of the rock and roll express newly in the hall of, hall of fame does he go into this hall of ca Oh, have you ever seen on the internet you talk about your internet all the time like it's the gospel like it's the
1: bible like it's a thing we're supposed to believe you ever see the uh what do they call it the sleaze list is is that on yahoo i think you could find it on the yahoo you could find it on the wikipedia i think you even had a video where uh where uh what's his name sick boy and (sighs) billy joe travis read the whole thing from top to bottom and commented you didn't even do any work you somebody else like it was the laziest interview you ever did. But anyway, every single thing on that list was either done
0: by me, by Ricky Morton, or me and Ricky Morton to each other. We'll have to have you back for a special butt off, where you and the Spellbinder go through all that again. Absolutely. got it on tape, so we we're pressuring you into doing it. Finally, biggest question of this entire interview, would Leonard F. Carson... Stick his dick in this bag. Trick question I'm a eunuch. Can we see? Let me
1: move this prosthesis out of the way. There you go.
0: Wow. Smooth as a baby's bottom. I'm even poking it. It's, nothing's there. When, in a world where they fabricate things often to make you believe men are superheroes, Leonard F. Chikarson has just done the bravest thing any wrestler has ever done. And showed us how real it gets. Thank you, Leonard, F. Carson for being brave enough to play the dick bag. How did you find out that Vince bought Chakara You got to be a little bit more specific. There's a lot of Vinces that bought Chikara. Um, I am referring uh, Vince Vince Russo. Vince Russo?
1: Listen, yes. I I was the one that brokered that deal uh, between me and Vince Russo. We had a clandestine meeting. In a back room at Bud Carson's, circa 2005, putting everything into 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 play. Now, granted, me and Vince had a little bit of a falling out. He called me a bald-headed bastard. I had to explain to Vince what hair is. He seemed confused by simple words like pumpernickel. And, uh, you know, he's he's running things from his uh his bunker three miles below the earth's surface in uh, Colorado, and I think he's doing okay.
0: Uh, let's reverse reverse engineer that. Uh, Bud Carson was Icarus. Is that correct? That He still is to this day. Uh, so the rumor is not true that there are two Icaruses? Well, I
1: four. I'm every mask guy because I have like tuplet brothers. There's been like four or five uh, Icaruses. Uh, one was the ultimate warrior. Another one died. Uh, another one,
0: uh, well, they mostly all died. Um, but yeah, there's been like four or five Icaruses. Um Absolute Intense Wrestling bought your contract out after uh, WWE bought Chikara from Vince Russo um, and they chose not to hire you. Um, what are your thoughts on their owners, Chandler McClure and Courtney Thorne-Smith?
1: Oh, boy. Salt of the earth, those two. I tell you, some of the best people you'll ever want to deal with. They're going through some financial straits right now, uh, but they've always been good to me. I was very happy. I, I'm I'm there, guys. I would be friends with outside of this this bullshit industry called wrestling that I've been working all you marks from from day one that you don't know what you're talking about. We hate all the three of us. We, we talk all the time about how we hate everybody in the business. We're robbing y'all blind with all of our scams, our Ponzi schemes and everything else that we're up to. Um, ah, shit. Can you edit all this stuff out, too?
0: Yeah, well, we'll we'll get all of this edited. All right. Um, Now, do you agree with their business model to release all of their content for free on illegal torrent downloading sites? Um, I know it's been a bit controversial.
1: It's beyond me why they would do this, (coughs) give their stuff away for free. But, you know, when you look at some of their older shows and, and you see some of the some of the guys, listen, it works for them. I've never been in charge of promoting a wrestling show. I've never given anyone a finish to a wrestling show. I've never torn a ticket in my life. I've never done any of these things. All I was concerned with was writing the TV show. It did not matter if it was in front of the boys, in front of an empty building. That was never my concern. How they want to make money is up to them. If they feel giving their stuff away for free makes money, I don't know how commerce works, Tom.
0: Um, Now, how has it been? You just opened recently your... Uh, your, your premium site, AIWVIP.com, uh, where $8 a month, uh, you two, every month, or you guys, you three, every every week, uh, release your Facebook chats. Um, how is that going? Right, and we pay people uh, <coughs> to take them. Like, we don't see a dime from
1: it. We, we, we pay people to take those Facebook chats. It's doing great. We've made lots and lots of friends. Uh, you know, my, my Twitter following is almost depleted down to double digits at this point. Uh, but we're doing good. We're
0: doing real good with it. I, I enjoy it. Now, no, you made me not talk about your HBO series, Game of Thrones. Um, next, um, you recently did the Wrestling is Respect Quest for the Best tournament. Your thoughts? No, I didn't. I I, I wasn't at that show. What are, what are um, you talking about? Uh, it says here... Um, commentary by Leonard F. Chikarason, Bryce Rimsberg, and others. Uh, Drew Gulak was on this show. Um, it says, right, re- it's on, I'm not going to say the name of the website. No, you're wrong. I-, I, wasn't on that show. I had nothing to do with that show. I don't know, I don't know where Alex gets these, these questions. Um, Chikara was restarted this year. Have you talked with them about coming back? I absolutely have, and uh, you know the lawsuit that we
1: mentioned before in two thousand four that I can't talk about for another five years. You know, I'm hoping when the embargo on me is up, I'll be able to uh, to be able to return to Chikara. Uh,
0: wouldn't you ever consider going into the Chikara Hall of Fame? I,
1: what you, I'm already in the Chikara Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, thoughts on drugs and wrestling?
1: Fantastic! I love it. We do a new deal now. See, they're they're cracking down on us these days. But what we do is, this is how we do it, right? We have the marks. That's what we call the fans. What they'll do is they'll come up to us and ask for an autograph, right? They'll be like, oh, here, sign this 8 by 10 But the thing is, the pen that they're handing us is hollowed out, and it's full of cocaine. And it's like, literally, they fit like 12 grams of cocaine inside of an ink pen. And that's how we get the drugs backstage without anyone knowing about. Ingenious. I saw it on a Whitney Houston special.
0: What are your thoughts on the Vin Gerard tragedy?
1: Every day in my life is a goddamn Vin Gerard tragedy.
0: Uh, do, do you have any? We're releasing a DVD on that like in a month, and we're just gonna All of
1: the Vin Gerard tragedy. Yes. Uh, do you
0: have the any ups more ups and
1: downs? Like I said, every day in my life, every, that son of a bitch is a tragedy. Um,
0: are concussions are, are concussions good for wrestling like good haha ha, or like good I amuse you for uh, it, wrestling it doesn't say all right it, it, you wrote
1: the questions it doesn't say anytime somebody comes up to me they're like oh I got my bell wrong I think I got a concussion I say rub some dirt on it and go back out there
0: all right we're going to change tapes now uh just just a second is that why that light's And we're back. Um, in closing, is there anything you want to say to your fans? I have no fans. Nobody likes me. I don't know who's... It, listen, I worked
1: you. You paid me 15 grand to come. I got a dinner out of you. You're going to have me talk about a bunch of nonsense. Nobody's going to listen to this. I already cashed
0: your check. I don't know if I'm talking to you or the fans. You already, you're, you're, you already, you already cashed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh, I don't have a
1: bank. I go to one of those check cashing places cuz people like me aren't allowed in banks.
0: Alex Grab 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 the cats. Um we need to get out of here. Uh, put the No, put we're the, not done
1: with this interview. Don't you have some more
0: stuff? Uh we need to get out of the hotel room. Now, now we put the credit Who pays for a hotel room with a coupon? What do you, what are you thinking?